Hey, good morning to you. It's Rob and RJ right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Don't mind them brake lights. We'll get you where you're going comfortably, we hope. He is the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, an all-around handsome fellow. That's RJ Ochoa. Bring it. Uh, you want to prove it to yourself, uh, go to our YouTube feed and subscribe. I'm Rob Thompson sitting comfortably in the Radio Ranch. And as we look after uh, Mike McCarthy's triumphant postseason press conference, uh, we have to uh, look at the cards that have been dealt. He's going to be around. Let's talk about what the Cowboys will look like in his final year of the contract. Let's talk with Kyle Yeomans of the DallasCowboys.com arena. Uh, good friend and uh, good to hear from you again. Welcome aboard, Kyle. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. All right, so here we sit. Uh, we've got McCarthy to kick around for at least another year. Uh, what What is the status of Quinn? I, we heard rumors that he's staying if he doesn't get another gig. Uh, have we heard where he's interviewing and how the likely that is? Yeah, I still think there's a pretty good likelihood that he is uh, going to take a head coaching job. I think whenever you look at, at the, the situations that are there and some of the right opportunities, that's that's what he's always talked about is uh, he would only leave for the right opportunity. And, and he's it's been reported, Jay Glazer, I know he reported a couple weeks ago that, that if there was to be that, that right opening, that Dan Quinn feels like the time is right to, to make – jump to a head coaching position and he would like to make that jump and uh, I think with Seattle with Los Angeles uh with maybe even uh a, a maybe a dark horse sort of uh candidacy as well there's there's a chance for him to take a head coaching spot so uh basically now the the waiting is on to see if a, another team really does want his services and I think well, do we? it, it wouldn't be I, I think so. I mean, I know it's it's frustrating to see 41 points allowed against Green Bay. Of course, the, the other seven were due to the pick six. But uh, I, I think you want his services because of what you've done defensively. I mean, think back to 2020 and the Mike Nolan year of having that, that defense. I mean, it was the statistically worst defense in the NFL, and he turned it around and made it one of the best. And so – it's still a strength of your football team, even with the, the sour way that it ended. And I think maybe that's what other teams are mulling over to as a head coaching spot is, Hey, we're going to weigh not only what he's done in Dallas and over that final game in the wild card round, but you're also mulling over exactly what he did in Atlanta as well. Whenever he was a head coach last. Kyle, one of the things I love about you is you are ever the optimist. It's really difficult. I think to catch you um, on a bad day, if those exist for you, <laughs> And um, and so this has been a, a really uncomfortable week, I think, for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, to say the yeah. least. And so when Dan Quinn didn't take a job in either of the last two years, I think it was viewed as this triumphant sort of win, right? Oh, you know, right on, we get to keep Dan Quinn, everything's great, everything's copacetic. But if, sure. I mean, on top of the, the kind of moment, if Dan Quinn were to not get a job, I think it would be seen as like a failure of Dan Quinn, right? Like nobody preferred him over this candidate or the other. It's a difficult yeah. proposition to sell the, the moment of the Cowboys. I feel like that would be a Nas boost in the most horrible way for everything involved. Yeah, I think from a fan base standpoint, you're you're right. I, I think it, the fans want change, and I, I don't blame them. And I said this the other day on our podcast, but you can't run it back, right? You can't just, just field the same team with the exact same coaching staff and try and sell hope as to, hey, this year's going to be different because 
I mean, the fact of the matter is, it hasn't been. It's, you're one and three in the postseason since Mike McCarthy took over, and that Dan Quinn's included in those four postseason games. Uh, you've won a lot of games in the regular season, but when it when it matters most, you you haven't converted. And at some point, something needs to change. And if you're really looking at at McCarthy and Quinn as the head of the snake, uh, you're saying how how can you change things elsewhere? Well. I, 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 like I said, I'm not here to sell hope because I'm frustrated at the same route, rate that a lot of Cowboys fans are. I grew up in Central Texas. I was a Cowboys fan as well uh, growing up. So the frustration's there from, from the fandom side. But whenever you look at it from a professional standpoint, you, you see continuity. You see uh, a defense that, that believes in Dan Quinn. Mike McCarthy, or not Mike McCarthy, Micah Parsons was talking about it the other day. And we asked him the question of uh, what happens if Dan Quinn leaves. And he made the joke that I don't think Cowboys fans really love, but he was like, yeah, hey, maybe I'll, I'll go with them. And I, I think it was a joke, but it, it, it is a little bit sincere. I mean, these guys love Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and this offense believe in Mike McCarthy and his system that they implemented this year. So, I think if there's one thing to, to be happy about if both of those guys return, it's the continuity of having them back for a second year. Is it the number one selling point? And is there enough hope to be sold there? No, absolutely not. But I'm not sure it, any move out there would sell hope at this point just because of how frustrated Cowboys fans are after that loss to Green Bay. Kyle Yeomans, DallasCowboys.com, joining us. Well, we are looking for lipstick to put on this pig. We, we need to see something. <laughs> And when we yeah. talk about whether it's Quinn or not, and uh, uh, something needs to occur to appease the fans, to convince us, as you're saying. I mean, the run-it-back idea just seems so far down the list of possibilities that yeah. to even consider it just seems on its face ridiculous. So if it's not going to be the head coach and it's not mm-hmm. going to be the defensive coordinator, where do you see any kind of appeasement being offered to the fans? A bone, a, a sacrificial lamb, a scapegoat? <laughs> it's probably going to come uh, maybe around, let's say, March 15th, the opening of the league year. <laughs> I mean, you're going you're gonna to have to build this roster. And if, if you're not going to change the head coach, if you're not going to change your defensive coordinator, you've got to have a plan from a roster-building standpoint right. to either change the philosophy – uh, of, of free agency. Maybe you're more aggressive in free agency. You've got 19 free agents yourself. Uh, and in the past, it's always been, hey, I, I, we want to keep our guys, right? I mean, that's kind of been the conservative nature of roster building to this point. And I don't think the Cowboys have done a poor job of building a roster. I think that's part of the frustration, too, mm-hmm. is uh, this team's been good enough to win games. And you feel like going into postseason play, this team has been good enough uh, to, to make a run, but now it comes to the point where it's you, you can't leave any room for error. Now you've got to go out and be extra aggressive. Go pick up the veterans that are at the top of the list free agency-wise or maybe go grab a, a make a trade for a, a couple guys, an offensive lineman or two that, that you feel like you could plug in with the all-pros that you have up front. Maybe you have a plan at left tackle moving forward. If, if it's Tyler Smith, that's great, but then you've got to have a plan at left guard moving forward. So I think there are moves that you can make throughout the offseason to, to put lipstick on the pig, like you said. But it, it's going to have to come from a roster-building standpoint because 
changing anything outside of the the coordinators is not going to move the needle enough. I, I think to really sell this thing to a high level, but I, I, if you're not going to make changes up top, you're going to have to do something with, with building this roster and a different philosophy there. Kyle, one of my favorite, um, really one of the only things Mike McCarthy said on, on Thursday that I thought was impressive, and, and that's not a, a shot at him or anything, but um, was how he, he answered about how the team doesn't take responsibility for the entire drought. I, I think that, you know, I haven't really heard anybody in this, you know, generation now speak that kind yeah. of confidently about it. Um, I think we're at the point now, I've, I've always kind of tossed this aside as, as just a general sports talk thing, but I think we're at the point now where it's, it's difficult to combat the idea that the drought does hang over everybody. Like, whether or not they atone for it or not is one thing, but... I mean, it, it has to be this just heavy shadow that, that everybody lives in. That, and, and some of that is from the fan perspective of it all. But am, am I off base there? Am I, am I just, you know, too much of a prisoner of this moment? Or do you kind of agree? Uh, I, I agree to a certain extent. And, and it's, it, it's kind of a half and half for me. Because I agree that that's what the mindset should be from, right. from Mike McCarthy and, and the team. I mean, they... If you're looking at it from a team standpoint and you're saying that we're carrying the weight of 27 years, now 28 years of disappointment, then that's that's a burden that's hard to overcome. I mean, it's hard enough to win a Super Bowl, period, in the NFL. I mean, only one out of 31 teams gets to do that every year anyways. Uh, and, and, and only the great teams. This Cowboys team has been good, but you got to be great to win a Super Bowl. And it, it's hard to overcome that if you're carrying the weight of 31 other bad to mediocre to decent to good teams that haven't gotten the job done. So I I think that's what it should be. You should negate that mindset. I thought what Mike McCarthy did, though, is I think he embraced it. I, I think he embraced the pressure to a certain extent whenever he made that answer because to from from that point in 1996 when the Cowboys last won it all to – 2024, when the Cowboys are dismantled in the wild card round, you have this invisible wall. You have this this barrier of protection built between the talking about the drought and the team that's currently playing on the field. Sure, they know what's on the other side of the wall, but they just don't want to address it. They don't want to talk about it. And it feels like what Mike McCarthy did was built a window, mm. not necessarily putting it straight knocking the wall down and saying we're going straight at this drought and we're going to end it because we're those guys because I don't I don't think that would be a, a beneficial stance either but what he did is he built a window to say hey guys you know what's on the other side of that wall and if you don't continue to to work hard you don't continue to to push in the right direction then that thing's going to really affect us later on so I I, I think addressing it was was interesting. I, I I found that as probably the most intriguing answer of his press conference uh, across the board. Uh, but I think it's a little bit of both. They don't want to be prisoners to the pressure, but they also don't want to ignore it at the same time. They're a championship team that hadn't won a championship yet. I mean, that, that's the best way to define <laughs> them, right? Uh, I got a question for you. NF- won the NFC East championship, right? I right. mean, he just hasn't won the right one yet. You won an NFC or a Super Bowl one yet. Like Shaq at one point won at every level except high school and college. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, when when you, when we look at what Jerry is and the perception of what Jerry is, 
Uh, we had Wade Phillips in uh, studio here yesterday here in San Antonio. He's the head coach over at the, the UFL's Brahmas here in San Antonio. And he was asked about uh, uh, Jerry, a lot of different questions about the type of guy he is and, you know, what his involvement was. And Wade brought up the fact that when I was working for him, you know, I needed a Leonard, a Leonard Davis. He went and got me a Leonard Davis. There was a Roy Williams deal. I mean, he went and got what I wanted. That's the kind of owner you want to work for. But that's not... Yeah. And I think a lot of people perceive Jerry as that guy, but you're talking about the, you know, the, the bone that he's going to throw us, the lipstick that's going to go on the pig is the activity that's coming on uh, the beginning of the league year. So you're telling me is now he's going to become the free agent chaser. I mean, is he going to be that guy that we perceive him to be, or is he going to be the real Jerry that entertains a lot, but doesn't do anything? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the big question. And Mike, Mike talked about how it was a three hour conversation between the, the head coach and the owner, and they they talked about a little bit of everything. And this has been a team that's really drafted well recently too. I mean, with Will McClay, I mean, 2023's draft class was was significantly disappointing, but it's also because it was compared to what they had done previously in finding multiple impact starters as a rookie in the previous four or five drafts. So. I think they've really gotten into a habit of relying on good drafts to build this roster. You can't rely on that anymore. And you saw that from 2023. If you had any sort of output the way you expected from your 2023 draft class, you have Mozzie Smith be the run stuffer that you brought him in to be. You have Luke Schoomaker as a a mauling blocker of a tight end, and this team can really rally behind him to run the ball. Those are two of your wor- uh, your worst traits from this 2023 team that came back to bite you in the wild card round. So I think if you have any significant impact from the rookie, especially the first two picks in your draft uh, in 2023, then I think we're talking about a different feeling with this team. So it's shown that, hey, this is a good drafting team. They've had success drafting out of the college ranks, but now you got to be more aggressive in free agency. You can't just bank on the fact that you're going to have multiple impact players out of your rookie class every year, because when you don't, then you're put behind the eight ball. And and so I'm sure that was part of the conversation. And then the other side of it is, is (laughs) I think Jerry knows now, and and Steven Jones is in this category as well, but I think he knows now that it's now or never for Mike McCarthy. So Mike McCarthy is going to have a, an extra emphasis an extra pressure put on him, uh, to, to build this roster the right way and to get the guys that he wants to succeed. Uh, so I think they're going to give him opportunities to do so, but we really won't know until the league year starts and free agency comes around. Last one, Kyle, just kind of along those lines. Um, we all know the finances involved with Dak and, and you know the cap number and things like that. Uh, something that I, I had kind of forgotten or overlooked was that both Dak and Jason Garrett went into contract years in 2019. Um, and I, I don't you know, in hindsight, either believe that to be purposeful, just more coincidental than anything. And obviously that was the final year of his rookie deal. So you're talking about yeah. pennies compared to where he's at now. Um, but I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't at least entertaining the idea in my own mind about whether or not that is, I don't want to say worth it, but at least an option. If you do want to just elevate the pressure, if you do want to be, you know, able to fully reset things in 2025, I mean, at what point do you think, I said training camp a little while ago, if, if they got through it, if they didn't get a DAC extension done through whatever, I think, at what point would you deem that to be something that they were seriously considering? 
Ooh, I think training camp's probably a good. That's probably a good meter. Now they've done deals at training camp before. Right. Now the late ones, like you said, like where it's going into a contract year and you're wondering exactly what the the future looks like. They haven't done that a ton. I mean, Mm -hmm. most of the training camp deals that they've made in terms of restructuring or extensions, uh, it's come because you expect it to come. Right. Yeah, I think if you get to training camp and you haven't necessarily extended or restructured DAC, uh, maybe it is a, a chance. And I think it would be an interesting uh, attack. I mean, you're you're going to get hit by uh, half uh, or yeah, like half a century of millions of dollars of cap hit if you're going to to let him play on the current deal, and that's a that's a large piece of the pie. Even if you get uh, a balloon of the salary cap, which is expected uh, in in the new league year, so uh, I don't know if it's the right mindset, but if it does. Uh, allow you maybe a chance to, to reset the roster there's there's one way to do it maybe you go to Dak and you say listen uh, we we want you to be the quarterback and we want to give you uh, an extension here but we're also going to put a team option on this thing at some point and and maybe that's where you you get out of it but even I, I don't see why Dak would do anything <laughs> even close to that Not so, even close. Right. It's, it's a, yeah it's a it's a situation it's it's an interesting one that I think it's going to be a, a man. It may be a down of the wire thing, anyway. So I'll go with you, RJ. I'll say I'll say training camp is where you start maybe getting really uh, either concerned or uh, indifferent, depending on which way you sure. lie in, in the way you you perceive Dak Prescott. But you got to find something out with that contract, and if you don't, you're going to have to play with a huge chunk of the the, the salary cap uh, really showered over the top of Dak Prescott. Hey, Kyle, try to find some stuff to keep you busy during the offseason. I mean, you know, yeah, there's not a whole yeah. lot going on, so you're going to have to manufacture some stuff. So just, you know, do your best to stay busy. Well, uh, college basketball, I do a lot of that. And then let me see, uh, uh, me and my wife are expecting triplets in March. I so, heard, uh, man. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> I couldn't say that one right off the bat. I didn't want to jar anybody. Woo! Well, yeah, Kyle, I mean, enjoy sleep. I've got one, and it's hard. So um, I admire <laughs> you in general, but certainly now in an even greater sense. Man. In all seriousness, man, uh, congratulations for that. And and may you live in interesting times. And if you're working with the Cowboys on DallasCowboys.com, it's always interesting. I look forward to talking to you soon and seeing you in Oxnard coming up in, in uh, July and August. He is Kyle Yeomans of DallasCowboys.com. Thanks for all the insight, man. It is much appreciated. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, and uh, talk to you again soon.